Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me today for the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I have entertainment journalist and comic book writer. Oh my God, Stephanie Williams. (laughs) (laughs) And in this corner, I have author of Surrender Your Sons, Adam Sass. And in this corner, we have PhD student and blogger, Ashley Smalls. Hi, everyone. I'm glad we're all here. Yeah, just family tonight. Yes, yes. Ashley, I'm so glad you wanted to come back on again because I loved having you on. And I figured you would be good for the finale to come back on. Um, Who would have known? I just I searched Twitter and found you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, like for for some reason, you know, Twitter continues to like, I don't even use the hashtag. It's just like, oh, yeah, what is what is she saying today about Bucky and Falcon? Yeah, put her put her up in there. Put her up in there in the, in the, in the thing. So. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, we'll give we already kind of did this before recording. But so initial thoughts on the finale, Ashley. Uh, so just overall, I did like it. Um, I was a bit underwhelmed with some of the elements of it. You know, it really did touch on some really serious topics. And it's like, you can't make the decision to touch on things like racism and, um, you know, even economic development. You can't choose to go in and and talk on those things and then not really deliver. It's like, either you're going to stay away from it or you're going to really hone in. And I don't know if it was a matter of they needed more time to do so or if they really just laid back on it. Could be a combination of both. Uh, but that's where I was a little underwhelmed. And I'm sure we'll get into this even more uh, later on in the show. But like Sam's speech was probably the one scene where I would say they really finally decided to give those topics a bit of dialogue. Mm. Um, and it's like, you can't give us some, you can't just give us that one scene. And I know we've heard that there's going to be some more coming in and all of that. But for what we have so far, that's sort of where the underwhelming part for me was. But I did overall like like it. Like, but... I won't shy away from the fact that they definitely could have done some things better. Okay. Uh, Adam? It felt like um, <clears throat> Sam's speech in general, like I really, again, it was like, it was, it was saying stuff that like, okay, finally we're talking about it. Yeah. But like it was because it had not been touched upon really that directly before. It felt a little like today I learned, especially since he's like talking kind of almost directly to camera. So, um, and especially because I kind of like, Ian, you and I discussed like what did kind of pull me out of that moment a little was kind of knowing that if this conversation was going to happen in real life, like if, if, you know, like if he was going to talk like directly to, well, Senator, I'm going to tell you this. And like, I mean, it would just be, it would not go down that smoothly right, on camera. So it was a little, but again, it's like, I was glad they were touching on it, but I did feel like, Oh, I wish there had been like 10, like four additional episodes versus like, cause it did, you know, um, it was kind of following a similar WandaVision arc where it was like, this is really about uh, one of the main MCU heroes having to kind of put away the baggage of phases one through three to embrace their new identity in phase four, um, which I think they did really well. But yeah, I feel like we lost a lot of Bucky moments and and in general, like things in general were just like, all right, we only kind of like touched on this a bit. And and again, a lot of my notes are like quibbles or like inconsistencies with characters. And I think we'll get to that bit by bit. But overall, like, you know, looking back, I was like, I feel like this was a stronger back three episodes than the first three. Yeah. 
Uh, Stephanie? Uh, so kind of similar to Adam, I didn't hate the finale. Uh, I was just very underwhelmed. It felt disjointed a little bit like WandaVision, but I'm pretty sure that's because of COVID and editing. Yeah. And like the speech, unfortunately, all I heard was, uh, I think the the young man's name is Keydron uh, Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> He's singing directly to the police to please i'm just trying to stay alive it was giving me that energy and that is all i heard in the background while sam was speaking um and i hate that for me because like i don't know like the speech could have felt more impactful but because they kind of i don't know like didn't really they talked about stuff but didn't talk about stuff and then this was more of the same um so i'm like did dodge ram write this uh so <laughs> this was very pepsi uh pepsi speech uh, yeah. i think that's how i've been referring to it but um i think if anything i took more issue with well not even issue but i thought it was more impactful and the show has been more impactful when it said stuff about race without actually saying stuff about race so just in actions um so with uh, john walker and io and that whole exchange yeah. and then also what happens at the end between um like isaiah's you know i guess reparations um in the museum and then mm-hmm. sharon carter and what happens with her at the end is just like well damn so that actually is how we show disparities um so it was that and then i was very pissed about carly Mm. yeah so it was just a bunch of that and it's just kind of like a lot of storytelling type of things that kind of irritated me but wait like how do we get here (laughs) why is this character doing this i don't even know how john walker's redemption arc came like out of nowhere Mm -hmm. there wasn't even an arc (laughs) yeah the 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 mid-credit sting on episode five the last time we saw him he was like angrily like he was um mickey warwick and iron man too like making something like yeah he was, like, he was gonna yeah. mess everyone up i was like oh everybody's in trouble <laughs> i was like Whoa. and then he just shows up looking the same and then being like all right i'm gonna yeah. use this app to entrap like that it, there was no moment of like all right well i guess we gotta work to you did beat this guy to death in public but um <laughs> okay right <laughs> no for real <laughs> Because, like, even when, you know, they, they catch the Flag Smashers and Bucky and John Walker come out of nowhere because they, you know, hacked the app or whatever like that to find them. And Bucky's just all chummy with him. And then, like, they make a little joke afterwards because he used a Lincoln quote. And it's like, is this the oh. same Bucky who was side-eyeing him literally since the first time they met? Is this the <laughs> same one? Like, how do you, you know, okay, I get it. Their main focus is on the Flag Smashers. I mean, still a little weird, but right, I'm going to give you that. But, like... I'm not going to be joking around, but you, oh, you used the Lincoln quote. Ha ha, that's not funny when it comes from me. Like, sir. <laughs> from the beginning through the show, he was like doing the De Niro, like, I'm watching you kind of like when everybody else was like, all right, I'll give you a little bit of a shot. Like, he knew he had this guy's number the whole time. He should be. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I I will say that that like. I mean, there wasn't even an arc, right? Seventy. No, I mean, you said like, and I was being kind saying that because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just gonna call it an arc because I feel like that's what they thought it was. So <laughs> yeah. it's weird. Like, I wonder, like, what weird Hollywood rule because they because Kevin Feige keeps calling these like six hours. Like, Wandavision was six hours. This was six hours. So just how they chose to break it up. But like, it did feel like we were missing an episode in the middle there where like some happened with him because we just went right from. 
you were disgraced and 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 everything and he's angrily making this new thing and he was recruited by this you know dark organization and then like elaine bennis cool yeah elaine bennis oh my god (laughs) we're we're gonna get to that with her hoop earrings incorporated (laughs) yeah it was um she's looking great i love yeah it's like it felt like it was like oh is she trying to get him to like redo his image slowly or something like that it felt like she's like uh our brand is crisis person who kind of came in and i felt like they had maybe drawn a little bit more of a direct line there um between like like oh she's kind of in charge of him now i don't know but so i will say i did text both stephanie and adam on friday to be like buckle up it's gonna be a lot of ian cried at this scene while i i could see the flaws of this i did like even the corny shit i would still end up being like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i get it well, and you're a puppet for this i mean i'm just I, I am i am but i when they push the button you cry yeah the the thing overall that bothered me the most because i think you know i mean stephanie and adam we talked about this wandavision also had a messy finale um that wasn't quite what we wanted Mm. this did too but i felt like the show just was like consistently messy and didn't quite know what it wanted to say Mm. like it would like kind of say something and like you know, it felt like with Carly, they were actually trying to say something, but then they weren't. Then they were just like, have her murder people, so that way she's more of a villain. Yes, like, very much so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and not that it really matters, but the reveal that she was a teenager, um, too, like, I'm like, wow, y'all really didn't, you really did not help the case for me to, like, vilify this character and not feel anything that she actually doesn't get any chance at any type of redemption because if anything, she was more not even necessarily deserving of it than John Walker, but like, you know, do an interesting thing with this character. She's way more compelling and yeah, stick her in the young Avengers, figure it out. Yeah. So it's, I guess I would be more disappointed by the finale if I had felt more, um, for the whole entire series, but I was just so middle of the road yeah. with it that this finale was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, y'all wrapped it up. That was a finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Marvel doesn't know super what to do with morally gray villain characters who are not mm-hmm. like tricksters, who are not yeah. like Zemo or Loki or like who have a little, you know, kind of joie de vivre a bit. Like this is somebody who's like, who's just very grim and has like the weight of the world on her shoulders. And so I feel like they're like, well, let's just like, we don't really want to know what, where she'll go from here. So let's like really escalate her into this mad dog killer. And then like, yeah, we'll just have to This is why Ant-Man 2 and how they handle ghosts was mm. so well done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This was the same. Oh yeah. You know what? That's, that's a really good point because I know a lot of people do crap on the Ant-Man movies and like, I get it, but I don't think they're bad. I think they're like very fun standalones oh, I almost yeah i love both of them yeah. <laughs> yeah and i i thought ghost was like she was better done with like out having to be someone who's like winking at the camera and having fun she was like fucking depressed right and so she was like miserable understandably so because of what was going on and they like gave her an arc oh like she didn't kill her at the end it didn't like it was just like she was trying to get better and i kind of like that like did it make for the most fun villain? No, but I still like, right. I like the idea of that. And yeah, Adam, you're right. It's like, unless they're low key or Agatha, where it's like, they're winking and laughing. Yeah. They really don't know what to do with a villain. Mm-hmm. I actually have a lot of faith in what they'll probably do with Agatha next. Yeah. Like, cause it's very clear that, you know, she's, that won't be the last time we saw her. Right. And, like, and things like that. And I have a lot of, 
I mean, she, it's a very, it's a departure from how I'm familiar with her from the comics. Right. And I feel like with, I don't want to, I don't know what the MCU particularly is going to do. So I wouldn't be revealing anything here, but like if they do decide to bring her in with the people we've seen her with in the comics, I think, I think they're going to do a really good job with her from what we've seen because she's like that borderline. I don't think she's necessarily like Loki, but kind of in that same realm yeah. of she might have these ulterior modes. I mean, honestly, we even see it a bit with what they did with Zemo in, in this season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, we know he's a villain, but, you know, he's helping out. He's doing this thing. He's telling, you know, the kids in another language, don't trust them over there. But then we see him dancing in the club. And it's like, of course, right. he ended up being one of the popular characters um, this season. And sadly enough, one of the more developed than I would argue even their main characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's really, tr- it really just shows how much, you know, their writers clearly have a lot. I don't know if it's more fun or if it's more experience in, with those characters. Yeah. And then when it's like, we have this, I'm putting air quotes around bad guy, like Carly, who's like, they're not bad for the sake of being bad. They're bad, you know, and I, I, I it, that term bad is nuanced. Cause I don't know if I would really say that Carly is bad. Like, her motives in the beginning was right. very much understandable. And then out of nowhere, nowhere they had her blow up a building. It was very right. clear. It was like, oh, she's making some really, really good points. Have her do this really weird thing that comes out of nowhere so that everyone knows to not be on her side. Because otherwise I would have been very much like, you know, when she yeah. was going up against John Walker, I was like, y'all are not going to let John Walker, Walker take this girl out. Mm-mm. She just, if <laughs> like, if you go and do something to her, like, uh-uh, it can't be at his hands. I'd be damned. Right. But, you know, it just truly, sh- like, it, it really shows how much they struggle with writing those characters. Um, and I'm a little weary of it because there's future characters that should be coming in that's a little in the same ballpark. And I don't know, especially in, in this story that's attached to, you know, Falcon. So it's just like, I'm very much disappointed in how they wrote her and definitely, of course, disappointed how they ended her story. Because I don't think she, because even even her ending seemed out of character. The whole yelling at Sam to fight back, the whole, even if I die, you know, mm. it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm, it was very clear that somewhere along the way they were like, she's making too many points, start making her do crazy stuff. And it was just truly disappointing. I don't really know if more episodes would have helped with that. I think it probably would have made it worse since they very clearly weren't trying to clean up that mess they made with that character. Yeah. So Well, I mean, they even had her start to like call Sam's sister and make little Yeah, and threaten kids. Right. Like it was <laughs> like really sinister stuff. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, I don't know. There seems to be kind of like a female like anti-hero villain thing. Mm-hmm. Who, like if if they're not played by a seasoned character actress, it's like we can't have them joke. We can't yeah. have them have a personality beyond their like really out of control agenda that's really kind of like goes all over the place. Like even with ghosts, like it was not a a lot of you know again like they they wrap that up in a nice way, but like they're not bringing the same energy mm-hmm. to them that they mm-hmm. would to even like I mean even like a character who like. Um, I know they reference like Killmonger a lot with, with, you know, in reference to Carly, sort of like the sort of like, you know, like talking points good, but like, you know, way of going about doing it, not good. Um, they let, they let Killmonger have like a ton of jokes and personality and, and exchanges and, and, and stuff there. But like with Carly, I felt like it was like, we got to be no fun. It's the Medusa yeah. treatment. Mm. Ooh, what's that? Uh, like just treating these, these uh, complicated 
and I put quotes around villain um, uh, for female characters uh, where it's either one way or another, like they're just not given the, the complexities that they deserve because what they're dealing with is complex, but the way that they are like shown to handle it is very one-sided and just not fair. Because like whenever Medusa pops up, it's just like, oh, this evil woman. But it's like, oh, but like, do you know how she got there? Mm. Um, mm. And that just kind of sucks because, um, you know, Carly is somebody who is, again, like this, this young teenager who is essentially lost in the shuffle of the system, like a bunch of other people who were displaced when everyone came back. So like, why not explore that? Explore that? Like there's, there's some parallels there to just the foster care system in America. Like there is so many different avenues that they could have taken with her that involve a little bit more imagination allowed them to speak on more topics too. Yeah. Um, it just really sucks because um, very similar to Killmonger, um, like Adam brought up, like she had points. Um, did she yeah. do some things that were terrible? Yes. But also no different than really um, John Walker and his war crimes and, right. and all of that. So, you know, mm. a teenager blowing a building up terrible but adults make terrible decisions as <laughs> yeah. well um and i don't know like there was just um i think it really more so speaks to uh possibly the writer's room and just the overall handling of um of female characters that uh writers probably need to interrogate <laughs> i think a lot of male writers get like petrified to write female characters they're like they're like I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to say something wrong. Like, so I'll just do nothing instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, well, then don't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like there was like a lack of, like, if it was, it felt like it was like, well, this is the safest choices to make with, with this character. So like, we're yeah. just going to kind of do that and nothing more. But okay. I want us to get into the episode. The way Bucky walks in all confident through the commotion and they're like, Sergeant Barnes. I was like, oof, oof. Sergeant Burns. It's funny. Really, really got me. <laughs> okay. Because I brought this up during Rotten Tomatoes. How do we get here? Because I know the last episode ends with everyone getting up, and I thought there was going to be like a zombie apocalypse situation because everyone just got up all at once after looking at their phones. <laughs> and then we just show up, and it's just kind of like everyone spawn like a like a Call of Duty or whatever, and like we're just all at this location, and everyone's fighting. I mean, yes, I will say... I immediately, like, my third note in here is, I don't remember why they're fighting this. Like, I don't really remember, like, I know they're trying to, like, not have a vote, ha but, like, it felt like, especially towards the end, even though the end had the best episodes, we, like, very much, there was too many, one too many plots that went nowhere, and I kind of felt like, I don't really, I, I like, I enjoy, I did enjoy this, but I kind of was like, I don't really know how we got here, or what we're fighting at this point, but like, sure. It's weird. It's, and I know all this stuff was shot before this year, but like, I could not stop cringing every time they were like, this, this, we, we got to get in there and stop them, stop that boat. Like it was very like January 6th. Like it was, I, I, I was a little like, Ooh, yeah, stop the boat. Okay. <laughs> stop the count. <laughs> So that's the thing. And that was, I mean, and this is something I've seen on Twitter a bit is um, especially, you know, an MCU Y, but especially kind of coming up in, in this show um, is that like, they'll give kind of something Marvel does in their movies is um, like their villains are sort of like right wing extremists in action and then left wing 
in their talking points. And so it's like a weird sort of habsy thing they do, but it ends up sort of like all of these people being like, yeah, let's get in there and get those senators. Stop the vote. <laughs> and then they had, then they're talking all of this, like no border stuff and like, and, and, and this sort of thing. So it's like a weird, it's very queasy. And that, and this does kind of come up when Sam is talking to them later, when they're literally, these senators are having these like anti-refugee speeches to him, you know, and, and it just, it, it's, it, it's a strange sort of thing where it's like, I feel like, like Ashley said at the beginning, like, if we're going to explore this, let's explore this. Otherwise, like, oh, just getting this close to it without exploring it feels weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I agree. Because it was like, they, like, kind of the Flax Smashers, they, like, shut down the technology or basically the building and infiltrated right. it. And, like, we were able to see a bit of that towards, I think, the uh, episode five going into episode six. And so I guess that gave the alert to, okay, you know, every team honed in on the on the building. Mm-hmm. But then we see that, you know, the Flax Smashers have infiltrated a bit. I really wish we could have seen that development. I don't want to say they didn't seem organized. They did seem organized in their efforts where they were, but not on a government level that they have people masquerading as, or maybe I shouldn't even say masquerading because it could right. very well be that there are trained police officers and SWAT um, and SWAT right. team people who just agree with their message who are now also on their side. But we didn't get to see any of that. We didn't get to see any of, you know, we have different... that. Basically, there's levels to this. We didn't really get to see that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, definitely let me know if, if you disagree. But it almost seemed like this was only street level. Um, and it's very clear mm. that it was beyond that. And yeah. that's not unrealistic. I, I believe that. But it's like that was not shown until the last episode. So it was just very... Well, <laughs> it feels like a missed opportunity. No, I agree. Like, it feels like yeah. a missed opportunity because something that I, that, like, I feel like this type of story that... Marvel did way better was in the first season of Daredevil with Kingpin, where it was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this guy has people everywhere. Like, yeah. and, and it, you really felt that, like, every single in that first, that first season is a masterpiece. Everything after that, I'm like, I just about, but <laughs> um, like, I feel like it was one of those things where Kingpin had so many people planted. It really felt like, oh my God, they're everywhere. And there could have been a lot more fun of, like, like you said, like, like oh yeah, like, oh, they keep thinking they have things locked down, but oh no, now is the, there's a few guys over here who we thought were fighting for it that are now helping. Everything felt like we have to hit these, we have to hit this beat sheet and we're just going to race through it and really not luxuriate in, in really anything. Yeah, you know, that's it's funny that you brought up Kingpin because I still, I think Jessica Jones and Daredevil with Kingpin and, um, God, what the hell is David Tennant's name? Oh, the purple man. Yeah, I know he's like not called that in Chilgrave. the show. Chilgrave, right, right. Um, I think those were very well done scary villains. Mm-hmm. Like none of none of them, neither of them were that jokey, but they were like scary, right? And I mm-hmm. think while I know I know people like like to shit on the Netflix shows because they definitely like lost the plot after season one of most of those shows. Those villains were so good that yeah. the shows could never recover. It, no, yeah. for real, for real. Even uh, Luke Cage, with, I mean, to be fair, you you hire Mahershala Ali, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. you, just, you, just, you just hold on to him. You never let him go. But, you know, the same for Luke Cage for me as well is that like season one was so phenomenal with him as Cottonmouth and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, it's these strong starts, but yeah, it was it just like you really got more of a sense of 
this is a Boston charge. There is a real threat here. Um, and there is a coordinated sort of effort. It did feel closer to like the real thing we all went through in January, which is like, these are people who got really hot headed and they just stormed it. And then maybe there was a few people who opened some doors a little bit. And right. so it, mm-hmm. it definitely had a thing that was like, it felt chaotic, but maybe not so big. So a thing I wanted to talk about, I want to talk about Sam's costume, his Captain America outfit. I don't know. I I've, I literally, my notes say, I can't tell if I love this or hate this, but I guess I'll get there by the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I, by the end, I still wasn't, I mean, it was clearly one for one, the comic book costume. I was, mm-hmm. I was impressed by that, but I, I was thinking about um, Steve Rogers' first Captain America outfit and how it felt a little too puffy. And this one felt a little too puffy as well. I liked it, even though it kind of felt odd. It um, it reminded me weirdly of Michael Keaton's first Batman costume, where it's very neck heavy. Where like he couldn't <laughs> move. Like I was, I was like, oh, he probably can't move his neck. <laughs> like where it was like in the contract in the in the second Batman that he was like, I have to be able to move my neck. I couldn't even move in that first one. But yeah, it definitely it, it widened him a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it was like Wakanda. Like, like Bucky asked for the favor and Io like went back home and was like, yeah, so um, Bucky asked if we can make a costume for his little friend or whatever. And <laughs> Shuri was like, okay. And she was like, let me see the schematics. All right. So let me give this all of the energy that um, America gives. And it's like this really gaudiness to it. And I know it looks like the the costume from the comics or whatever, but I've always kind of felt that way about it. But knowing that Wakanda threw this together for him, it was really like, you know, here you go. And don't ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like they gave him a a spray painted Air Force One, a white Air Force One oh and they spray painted... <laughs> The American flag on the side. It's like it's giving me real Fourth of July dipset anthem. This is why I like Photoshop the dipset uh, logo on top of the star because I'm like this actually would have made the costume. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh my god, it could be dating myself a bit here. Oh my gosh. I mean, but like because I grew up in New York, and so like we're all older than you, Ashley. So okay, don't worry. Well, still okay. But like. Growing up, those Air Force One, do you? There were Air Force Ones that used to have wings on them. It uh-huh. was, I I did not join this trend. I'm I had my Air Forces, but I was I tapped out when when people were doing this. But like that, it was very very much like those sneakers with the wings that people were wearing early two thousands. I think definitely for me, the helmet was a no. I shouldn't even say helmet, but like just his he- his headgear was a no. I yeah. love the wings, of course, but I definitely wish, I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, they're sticking to the comics. Like there's that sort of feeling when they really do just really yes. take something out of the comics that makes you happy. But then like five seconds later, you're like, oh, maybe they could have made some artistic integrity decisions of like, this is different because we're in a movie and it doesn't maybe translate all that well. Because it did make him look, like, I want to say bigger, but like it's not that that in itself is the problem. But yeah, some someone said puffier. Yeah, like that that yeah. was it. Like his like his chest area didn't look more brooding. It just looked like he might deflate if you like. <laughs> yes, Patrick <laughs> kicked him too hard. <laughs> it was George Michael in Arrested Development wearing that muscles fake muscle suit. <laughs> it was, we've been watching Anthony Mackie in like 
700 of these movies. And so we know how slender like he is. Yes. And we know mm-hmm. his like neck is very slender and everything's slender. Like, and it's just to put him in this, this big dude suit. I don't know. I watched um, Mortal Kombat over Zoom last night with my straight best friend. And which, if any of you like want like a smooth brain, fun, fucking violent as hell action movie, go watch it. Yes, it I enjoyable. did. I watched it. I watched we it. do. Oh my God. I want that. Yeah. I. It's not good, but it's great. <laughs> exactly. I told I told my pr- my uh, friends I was like I loved it, and people they were like, "Oh, it was a good movie." I was like, "No, I didn't say that. I said I no. loved it." <laughs> it's not that it's right? a good film, but it's very it's enjoyable in a sense of you don't go in there thinking you're getting, you know, right. Academy right. Award winning no. film here. It's a fun <laughs> film. But so we were watching that, and then we talked about. Um, the finale and he actually said something which i didn't think about he said what you said stephanie how it was like he was like the costume just looked tacky in person like i get that it's the comic thing but he was like it looked like it should have had like five nascar stickers on the back because it looked so tacky and ever since he said that i was like oh that's kind of accurate that's what i've been thinking of and and i just felt like it was done on purpose like i felt like wakanda was just kind of like here they're like this is what americans like yeah i kind of yeah you know what when you think about it i mean captain america wants what from who it was definitely you know sure he definitely was here damn just <laughs> i really hope in black panther 2 that we see that sort of cut scene. i i really want it like stick it in the show uh they the, they do the the, the uh, wakanda series like just give me a cold opening of Shuri being very pissed about having to like cobble together something real cute and real quick for because like the turnaround time on this was fast yeah it was like within a week is it even a week is it like five or four business days right I mean they had to deliver that half of that time was just the travel right yeah Like, it can't be fast to go from Wakanda to DC and then back, like, two more times. Yeah, if this was like a drag race sewing challenge, it would have been like, oh, and one more thing. You need to do a third look before, then you have three hours. Like, it would have kind of been one of those, like, real, like, you know, pulled together but impressive for the time. Right, yeah. Good job with your two-hour costume. Right. <laughs> um, so Sam fights Batroc. He realizes it's a uh, diversion. Um, he... I did notice, I don't know if you guys noticed, when they're fighting in that room where the lights are all red, Sam's, his like silly goggles, they were fogging up, which I was like, okay, at least I feel like I can relate to that since like every fucking day at my stupid retail job, I'm my glasses are <laughs> fogging up. <laughs> so we get someone, one of the flag smashers who's like in disguise as one of the the people, whatever, she like hands Bucky a phone and Bucky like is so easily distracted even though he's not the talker, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sam is mm-hmm. the talker, but he's not going to talk to Carly about yep. her feelings. Why is he doing this? Sharon does call him on it. She's like, you had one job. Sharon murders a man. <laughs> yeah. I That scene caught me so off guard. So I was, when she bumped into him, I was like, oh, cool. Like she probably can't take him, but like she's going to, it's gonna be like I thought it would be like oh an electrical bolt to knock him out, but like no, she melts his skin off with whatever the fuck she put on him, which just I mean, I mean we'll get there, but like ah. well, let me just say I would just want to bring up these little scenes where they really do just get out of character, because um, the Bucky thing also reminded me of when they were in um, 
Oh, why am I blanking on where they were? Madripoor? Thank you. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my gosh. My, my I was nerd- like, they went a thousand places, oh so my I'm God. not sure. I, I know, right? I know. But like my nerd card is going to get revoked. What the hell? <laughs> um, but yeah, they were... And when Sam's phone went off when they were in the meeting, uh, that was so... I was. It was just so very also weird to me because I was just like... Really, y'all really haven't been, you know, writing him to be the strongest. That was like the first three episodes that we were at that point. So, you know, it was already, I wasn't a big fan of what was going on yet. But like, it was like, you haven't been writing him to be, you know, his strongest self already. They're in another, a whole other um, country. Like, is time zone wise, like, is, you know, should this even be able to happen? Like, but just at bare minimum, you're telling me he didn't remember to turn off his phone. Like, does he even have an international right. plan plan like you know like what's <laughs> it's just it was just very much like the script you know, needed it to happen so yeah happened, exactly right? and so and in that same regard we then fast forward to this she's able to call bucky thing and i'm like you don't give bucky a phone bucky doesn't talk to anyone even when they're right in front of his face like you gotta so it's just like really it just seemed very out of character of not okay all of a sudden she wants to talk to me on the phone and there's this whole event going down where people are dying left and right am I really going to divert my attention right now? Seems kind of like she has a bunch of stuff going on. If she's making a phone call, it might be because she wants me focused on her and not what she's doing. Mm. It just seemed very, very, I mean, weird, out of character, unrealistic, but like uh, we need the story to move forward and this is how we're going to do it. It was in Sam's character to want to try to read. Like he was doing Sam's dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Like trying to reach her and that like Bucky didn't give a shit about that. Yeah, Bucky doesn't care about that. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I feel like, yeah, every once in a while, like again, yeah, the the characterization of Sam and Bucky in this has been a little Yes. It's a little inconsistent. And it reminded me kind of how the first two Thor movies were before they finally settled on a good rhythm with Thor in Ragnarok Mm -hmm. that that now carries through and now everyone's like, Oh great, Thor's great. But like so shaky with the dialogue in movies one and two. Like, so I feel like people seem to kind of like Bucky the best when he's this sort of sweet headed boy a little bit who can be fooled and, you know, manipulated into little certain things. Like he's not quite as strategic. Um, You know? So again, I feel like, yeah, maybe that was going for that. And that's kind of more fun. That's like a more fun game, but like they had not set that up at all. And that was more Sam's thing. Like he had no relationship to Carly. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like Bucky and Carly barely had, said much to each other like he would just be there when sam and carly were talking mm-hmm. i mean like he she fooled him in episode two into thinking like you know like when when she was hiding right. in the back of the truck you know kind of like you know so she has a history of like gooping him <laughs> <laughs> um but so then we get carly's like she meets up with the other folks and we get like the carly that's like the one that we get here at the end real quick where she's like, if we all die, that's fine. And they're all kind of like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was very much, you know, she was like, if we die and they're like, wait a damn minute, when the (laughs) hell did we discuss that this was a, this was a, we might die mission. I don't remember that coming up in the last (laughs) meeting. This is also where we get into the whole, where they, I say that they step out of character because they didn't build these characters, in my opinion, the way they may have, I don't know if I should say the way they intended or the way they thought they did so that all of this makes sense. But it's almost like that whole, I don't know if they meant it to be comedic. I don't know if they meant it to be a, a you know, this is just how st- extreme she's become when we're trying to do a compare and com- contrast to her and the other flag smashers. But like it honestly, to me, was more so like, was even more evidence of just how out of character 
they were making her to be from this, the person we were introduced to in, in her cause in the beginning. Um, because while it was very clear, like she was right in the, in the sense of, you know, there are so many people willing to carry out this mission because like her cause, like we, we've been saying, has had very great points. I can very easily see people right. hearing her speak and being like, yo, I'm, I'm in on this. I'm all for it. But, you mm. know, the whole radical turn that they made her take just suddenly because we can't, you know, have her making too many good points. And then all of a sudden <laughs> she looks like the good guy. You know, it just was very clear. Like, to me, I was very much understanding of those people giving her the side eye because it's like, wait, why can't right. Well, we can't just hop on one of these jets we done stole and, you know, do this another day. If that's the case, like, let's hide out for a bit. Like, do we really need to go to dying Exactly. Like, I don't know. We got a van we done take. We got a van we stole, a helicopter. Like, we got, you know, they done, they done brought out a few Avengers for this. It's okay. Let's, let's pack it up. We'll, we'll do, we'll, let's regroup. Yeah. Well, it also felt like going against the stakes that have been raising from the beginning, which was, this is about their super soldiers. These are the only super soldiers left. There's a, there was a whole big importance placed on this serum and getting more of that serum and making more of them to expand the cause. And then everything got stepped on. And then, you know, and if they die, there's no more super soldiers. So again, like, yeah, there's a cause of people who believe in it, but again, like, why do we spend all that time with the super soldier stuff then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very much so that. And then like uh, towards the end, like when I actually, you know, get rid of the remaining super, because I had to rewind that several times. I'm like, wait, what you mean blew up? And <laughs> super soldiers in it. So I'm like, damn. So for what? Like y'all kind of really just made them regular, regular people or whatever. And just called it a day. Cause for what? So that we can introduce the power broker? Okay, that's cute. Um, so that we can introduce John Walker? Okay, that's cute. Like you, John Walker doesn't even take the super soldier serum in the comics. Like he's augmented through some other process. It's just um, because they handled it that way, it was just kind of like, so then why? Like, why are we here? Like, what are we doing here? I felt that way about a lot of the plot lines. After watching, I felt that way about a lot of the plot lines. Like, for what was kind of how I felt about most of it. Because it's like, all right, so then, like, we had these super soldiers. It felt like they didn't really do much. Then Grandpa blew them up. Like, uh, okay. Mm. And, like, in Winter Soldier, we got that, like, you know, that thing at the end where it was like, oh, look at all these super soldiers. And I remember thinking, oh, cool. Is that going to lead into, like, they'll be, like, other villains or heroes, but then we just killed them. And that's kind of what I thought here, too. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I think I mentioned, I can't remember which one of you was hosting, but one of the episodes where we talked about, I said that, like, I would be cool with Carly if she survived and became, like, an anti-hero type of character. Like, okay, her identity might not match the character, the, like, whatever villain anti-hero character, but, like, I would have been cool if they, like, made Carly the alias of whatever established hero slash villain moving forward. But then they didn't even do that. They just like killed her. And it's like, meh. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have even, you know, if they had kind of even did like a Zemo thing where she's in, yeah, she's at the raft and, you know, whatever they do moving forward, they end up having a reason to go to the raft and get her because of whatever, you know, I mean, what if the next villain is someone who is inspired by her and she's in a raft, but they're not. Right. Um, and maybe she's yeah. the only person who can have a heart to heart, who can have a talk or, you know, who can, I mean, I, I don't even just see one person. Like, you know, I thought the whole 
synopsis around all these people who have now been inspired by her, who we may not even see in this in this episode carrying on her work. I felt like that in itself is a really good and interesting storyline because it's like we know they're moving forward with the fact that post blip, you know, all these people are back. We have a bunch of people who are about to be displaced and their lives are going to be turned upside down from what it's been. I see that being an arc. So I see her being needed and they just didn't seem to want to have to continue with the story anymore. So they just killed her off. Um, And that was extremely disappointing, not just because I do enjoy the character, but I kind of feel like it was a cowardly way to wrap up such an interesting storyline with so much nuance that clearly needs to be dived in more in the future. It was like a, yeah, we don't want to have to go back to these really diverse, this really interesting topics that might take more out of us. Let's just, Close it up, yeah. have Sam get a speech, and then we're going to move on with the U.S. agent thing because we all want to see that. <laughs> yeah, something I like, I mean, like, thinking about the super soldiers, I mean, thinking about this as sort of the beginning, because this was going to be the beginning, the, the the total beginning of, of Phase 4. Like, this paired with what I was saying kind of at the WandaVision finale, which is I feel like, if anything else, the super soldier stuff brought up in this show might not have fit any sort of thematic plot line going on in this but what it does do is continue to lay that groundwork for fear of mutants um that wandavision did which was wandavision was this lady with powers took over our whole town ruined our lives these super soldiers like ran amok and even this captain america who was captain america for two seconds ran amok and with the super (laughs) like so again any super abilities whatsoever like need to be regulated by the government Everybody in town is going to be suspicious. And so every it seems like every single time they're they're kind of going to this well, it's furthering the public animosity. So I want to talk about, ugh, they so often did this on the show. And I mean, I think Steph, you and I talked about it in the last episode, the previous episode, where, and I mean, at this point I was like, oh, of course they're doing this. Like Carly is almost sympathetic about murdering Lamar and I was like okay she's at least acknowledging like I'm sorry cuz she did not try to kill him we we saw by her reaction but then like her immediate like to have to make John Walker seem like he's in the right they immediately then have her say like his life didn't matter to me and it's like oh, yikes how right? are characters that this is someone who's literally fighting for people like <laughs> <laughs> so just like why would she ever say something like that like she's not and it made me upset because I know from both the last uh, you know time I was on the show, and if you mm. follow me, if you know me, I, I don't like John Walker. I really hate him. <laughs> I hate him in the comics. I hate sh- you know so much love to Wyatt Russell. The, the hate I have will never be extended towards you. You're doing a great job because <laughs> I am continuing to hate this man. But like, it's very upsetting to see them try even in not only try to give him a redemption arc, but even you know, between the fact that they rushed it. And then they ignored so many other elements of what he's done to give him one. And then, you know, to have Carly say something like that, like her entire her entire story is supposed to be about the fact that like she sees these people who are in these positions of power and it's like you're forgetting the little people, you're forgetting the people who don't have as many resources, you're forgetting the people who don't right. have as much money. But yet she's gonna say his life didn't matter to a, about a, a marginalized man who was already kind of being seen in the scenes behind his best friend. I don't I don't really see her doing that. I'm not saying he would have been top 10 on her list of important people. I get that. But like, that's very out of character her for her to say something like he was, you know, well, you know, he was kind of getting away, but it wasn't my, it wasn't my intent. Like, no, 
it was just, it's very clear that they struggled. You know what? No, I'm really tired of saying that they struggled. They did not want her <laughs> to be seen as a good person. That was really what mm-hmm. it came down to. But she was making, it's not even just that she was making good points. She was right in the sense of yeah. smaller people. <laughs> I shouldn't say smaller <laughs> people, but people who don't have the same means are often overlooked. And when right. you give them someone who is willing to fight for them, and that is both true in, in the, the story and in real and in and in history, you know, it's it's one of the worst fears for people in power to see people like that organizing and getting together and saying, we're not going to shut up. We're not going to do this. And it, it, it was very clear that every time she was making, you know, more, she was becoming more and more of a voice for people like that. It was like, okay, let her say something really wild. Let her do something really wild because this isn't it. And that is just extremely upsetting. And we see it. It went from these sporadic moments, like bombing up the building to these every four seconds of like, she starts off with a, it wasn't my intent and then say something wild. Like his life didn't really matter to me, not to my cause. It's like, now you, you, you're kind of pushing people to want to side with John Walker here, at least in in, in the extent of wanting to see him beat up Carly or whatever. And it's like, no, he's been wrong this entire time. Yeah, he still is. He done told uh, Lamar's family that he killed the, the person who actually killed him, and we all know that was a lie. So it's like we don't just ignore all of that because he popped up with his, you know, his arts and craft ass uh, shield <laughs> and things like that. No, that's not what we do here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is really where the writing goes from just kind of like disappointing to upsetting me because it's like this wasn't a matter of you didn't have the skills. It's very clear here. This was a bit of an intent. We can't have her look too good. And it's like, I think as a writer, you yeah. should ask yourself when you're developing someone to be so nuanced. And it's like, damn, why is she coming across as such a good character? What does that say about the actual right. plot? That's, that is literally your own story speaking to you and saying, maybe these things are meshing as well as you think they are. Maybe you should go back. It's very much that. And it just goes back to, um, I think, a point that I mentioned, like for a lot of stuff in this show, like the characters that they have saying certain things like Zemo referring to Carly as a supremacist and the serum as a supremacist serum and all of this other shit. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense because if you're building this show on wanting people to, to connect to it by seeing uh, real life things happen in it and drawing those parallels like Sam going to the bank and everything else, then like, why the hell do you have characters that in real life, it just, it wouldn't make sense for them to say anything like that. It just, it just does not click. So to have Carly, um, you know, this biracial woman um, say this about a black man, like that is wild as hell. Like that didn't, that just doesn't make any sense. And I get what they were going for, but it just doesn't click because that's not how, like what we hear um, in real life. And you can't have it two ways. Like you can't have it where you're trying to set up this world that, is still bound by the same limitations of the one of the real world that we live in, but then have characters say shit that just doesn't add up and is not even at all close to being reflective of um, how that would go. Because when she said that, I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> like, why? Why would she say that?" Um, and then also, why would John Walker react in a way that he did? So um, I don't know. Like, I want to know what this outline looked like. For these six episodes, and I want to know. Stephanie wants I, to see the notes. <laughs> I want to see these notes because I need, like, I need to understand, like, 
the reasons. And is it because it's on Disney and you believe that if you have, you know, certain messages given by certain characters that it's going to go like under the radar or soften the blow. So Disney is more compelled to like allow you to tell this story. Sure. But it's just, um, I don't know. It feels very disingenuous. And then you have people and actually one of the Marvel's up and I mean, on the way stars, um, drawing very just conclusions that don't make no damn sense saying like you can have differences but once you get radical that's a problem and you know there's Mm. conversations to have on both sides and oh i was so mad about that tweet i know but like she wasn't the only person who probably came to that conclusion after watching this show so like as a writer wow like how um irresponsible that this this whole entire thing was yes and like also that it ends with her dying but Mm -hmm. but she's like killed by a woman who is white and secretly a villain is like mm. it gets her freedom at the end yeah Yeah. isaiah like having to live like low-key and still be dead and he gets a you know a thing at the museum at the very end of the exhibit, no reparations, no nothing. Probably Thank didn't you. even get brunch. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even get brunch. <laughs> and it's just, and that's what I mean. Like the, when that happened and then also Sharon Carter getting her freedom, like, okay, whether that was done intentionally, I feel like I would be giving them too much credit, but in an yeah. unintentional way, like that actually to me spoke more than Sam's speech because the speech was a lot of we speak and I'm like, okay, you're doing a lot. You're speaking a lot of French right now and (laughs) it's not working. Okay, but I will I will (laughs) say we I gotta I wanna keep us moving through the episode. The scene the first time I like got choked up was like I I I love the helicopter scene. I I kinda liked what he was doing there. I liked that we got to see that his like his, these wings seem stronger than the previous wings, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you know, he can he can repel the, like, helicopter blades and stuff. I liked that. I thought that was a good action scene. And I liked that it was a woman that was able to, uh, like, a woman of color was able to be the one that was like, okay, I know you. You're going to do this. We're good. I mean, he put a lot of faith in a woman. He And it's someone he, like, did not know who was a senator or whatever. I would have been a little weary about that. But I liked that. I liked the way that action scene went off. And I like that he comes in in time, you know, uh, John Walker and Bucky kind of failed to stop the super soldiers. They're knocked into like this construction site when he does pull up the truck and some dudes, there's like an older man who's like, that's Black Falcon. And some other guys like, no, that's Captain America. It was so cheesy, Mm -hmm. but I welled up with tears because I'm fag. Like I was just like, (laughs) man, I have so many emotions. Like I know this is corny, but it got me. It did. (laughs) I just thought it was funny because it reminded me of like how my grandfather would probably refer to, actually does refer to uh, Sam as Black Falcon because um, <laughs> it, it just, it felt very real in that way. Plus I loved the like Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 of it all where there's like yes. so many citizens just like saying shit. It's just like chatting. <laughs> I'm like, why are you all out so late at night? Right, they're all <laughs> high five, and they're you know they're having. There was a lot of you know people focus, which I which I pre- it was. Uh, that's when I'm like, okay, we're doing the comic book stuff. Like, I think the more they lean into that kind of like corniness, the more I felt like, okay, the the show is moving. Okay, because I like I do know that it's corny and comic booky, but I just like I like when they do shit like that where it's like, oh, the crowd's like happy to see their hero. Like that shit always fucking gets me i don't even like those spider-man movies but yeah the, those scenes make me emotional well any like titular line 
moment, you know, like Dark Knight. He's the Dark Knight. <laughs> Man, well, if you're looking for that, I'll go back to Mortal Kombat because they do a lot of that in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> this is the Mortal Kombat. Like, they, they say that so many times. Shut up, they don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> they do, and they do finish him. It's like... <laughs> yes. Uh, but so... Where are we in the episode? Steph, Adam, someone... Do we get to the... Are we at the power broker scene? Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. Well, before that, there was the whole team up with John Walker, which was just weird. I just want to just want to make my feelings known about it. Is that... Like, I understand <laughs> they may have been a bit of an... Uh, we can't really not trust him sort of, you know, thing because they right. were focused on flag smashes. Yeah. But at the same time, it was just like, can't exactly be putting all your faith into him either since he's completely showed his ass the past two episodes <laughs> right they once again have carly going out i mean at this point you know they want her to be a, a they they're doing their best to depict her as as a terrorist and even though yeah. that's out of character that is now who they decided she is so she's now trying to push the car full of senators off of a cliff and then we have john walker his arts and crafts shield is on the side and all broken up and he runs to instead you know keep the van from falling and this is sort of the beginning of his redemption, even though we just watched him slice a man open with the shield um, two episodes before. Um, an innocent man. Like, yes, an innocent yes. man who had nothing to do with his you know, friend's murder. He killed him. He did just right. kill him. It wasn't like he just, you know, it, it, and I'm, you know, there's no easy way of like dealing with he death or murder, but it's like death. this man kept slicing into his chest over and over while there were cameras on him. Um, And then let's, you know, I don't even want to spend too much time on the fact that like he did that and he's just walking free. But, um, and I know like we also talked about this, I think in the, in the last time I was on here about like, there may be these side effects to, to this, to the certain strain of the serum that he received and things like that. But regardless of it, you know, it's, it's this whole, I do think that scene is important. Not that it's important necessarily even to me to the show or John Walker, but I just think once again, it just hones in on like the way in which they will stray away from how they write these characters. So abruptly it's like, you have made it very clear. This is not someone we should trust. Or I I would even say, you know, just like in general. And now you have him, you know, you you have him looking like he's the, the good guy in this situation with Carly after killing her friend who did nothing wrong and then, you know, you have him saving this this van full of senators that Carly tried to push off of a cliff, which is just, it was honestly out of character even for him, just because he's so vain. I do honestly see him being somebody who would go out of his way more so to apprehend the flag smashers and prove a point to them versus trying to save lives. Like his eye on the prize is revenge. Exactly. That's the prize. Right. He doesn't care about But I mean, like anything else. even to this serum effects, the brain chemical sort of thing, I could see him killing this guy in the frenzy, but he was in his right mind when yep. he said, yeah, I killed the correct man. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's like, no, 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 no. That's John Walker. That's not whatever the serum is, whatever yep. you want to argue for that for. And even then, I could I could see like, oh, he's saving the senators to sort of kind of save face a little bit. He would have an, an ulterior mode. He would have a sort of next level thing. I, honestly, I just would have shot a pickup scene of Bucky at least saying, listen, you're not Captain America. You're not my boyfriend. But I, <laughs> I need your help right now, this minute, and you're going to help. And here's what we're doing. Um, yeah. And and just enlisting him and just and 
whatever. And then he goes along for whatever reason. But at least that, at least showing that Bucky is not a maniac. Yeah. Because Bucky knows what this guy did. So. Yeah. But so, okay, we get to the power broker yeah. scene. Sharon, Batrock, and Carly have like a face off. You know, Stephanie, we talked about this in the previous episode, how it was a very weird reveal. And I think it was an accidental reveal when we get the like caption saying it's Batrock on the other line of the phone. Like, I feel like they didn't want us to know that's who that was until like this scene. But I don't know. So we get this face off. And I don't, I don't know that Emily Van Camp is bringing villain energy is the thing that like was bothering me because she still feels like the same character just doing different things. She never felt like she was like super bitter or mad right. or this. I, well, I, even in this scene, I expected there to be like a silly villain turn, but there didn't feel like there was. And we discussed this on the phone. Yeah. You know, this is not, you know, uh, Gone Girl. She's not operating with this like icy cold uh right. sort of thing like she's kind of still has that sweetheart energy so like it's definitely it felt more like selena kyle than it did because the way they discussed the power broker a few episodes ago is they're terrified to like speak her name yeah they're like the power well you're gonna have to answer the power broker and like they're all like whispering terrified and i'm like have we seen her do anything like i don't know what the i don't feel like it was bringing that like mr big energy of like she's going to do something really, really messed up to you, not just get you. Yeah, and we saw the texts that she had been sending Carly that were like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, this didn't have that energy. (laughs) (laughs) Even when she was alone with him, with her, before he shows up. I I don't know. Like, again, it's it's more foggy writing. Um, And and it kind of makes it, because again, I've been... You know, catching up on the YouTubes that I have been uh, in the Marvel-related YouTubes where um, uh, they were livid that every one of their theories didn't plan out in the end of WandaVision. I saw so many wild theories for this, and none of them panned out, and I haven't seen them get angry about any of that. They were sa- they were going to say Wolverine's showing up. They were saying these super soldiers are they're mutants. We're introducing mutants. With it. They didn't do any of that. <laughs> And this felt even, this reveal felt even more predictable and foggier than that one did, you know, and, and without having like a, a real villainous, you know, turn. Again, it was sort of more timid writing with this female villain. I don't know. Yeah. Funny enough is, and I don't, I, I'm doing my best to not compare, you know, the two shows because we had a, we had a, we had a, a, a regular person turned villain thing in in WandaVision technically right and it was it was something that many of us had already called in the beginning but the thing with WandaVision was that there was so many mysteries going on that by like episode two or three I think many of us even though we knew that we we knew Agatha we knew uh Agnes we was like uh but then it just felt like is there someone else behind all of this like okay we know she probably isn't who she is but is there someone behind her but I just say that to say that when Catherine Hahn made that turn from Agnes to Agatha. It was pure like, oh, this is not the happy-go-lucky woman who's been showing up with cookies every episode. (laughs) This is not, this is, this is, we are far removed from that. She went villain. Like she is, and she does the same in Into the Spider-Verse and she's going to give you a villain. She's going to give you a villain. I did not get villain vibes in this. And what's crazy is I like literally the episode before everyone was like, you know, is, is she the, is she the, sharing the, the power broker and I was like no there's no way that's way too obvious isn't it and then it's like but in that same vein Agatha was definitely obvious like 
for right. whether you read the comics or you just like knew from, hey, she's always just popping up out of nowhere. Like, you know, it was obvious, but that never stopped that turn from still being so devious and so menacing. And yet it didn't give what it was supposed to give this right. this time. Yeah. It'd be one thing if as the power broker, maybe she had some muscle who was, you know, had the serum that we didn't know about or something like that, who like was truly under her wing and she was maybe trying to build her own army. And that's why she gave it to, to Carly. But it was just like, Carly, you have way more muscle than this person. What is it about her that makes her so menacing as we've been told several episodes? Because I'm not, I mean, I don't have no powers and I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not scared of Sharon Carly. I know she can whip some ass, but in this, she's not giving me like, you know, Agatha gives me like, I don't want to be anywhere near her. I'm not trying to, I'm, if you know, I see what's going to write, I'm making a left. But then it's like with her, mm. you know, Sharon does not give me villain vibes here. I don't know if that's something they're keeping, still keeping wraps or what's going on. Well, because it's not even like going ahead to that sort of like, you know, st- stinger at the end with her. Like, even then I was like, she's not even like that good of a, like a, of a scary business person too, because she's like on the phone. <laughs> on the phone walking through the government building being like, all right, great. I have access to this and this and this and this and that. And I was like, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be shouting that into a phone, like on the steps <laughs> of the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> it was like no code language. It was just like, all right. So the super soldiers I ordered are gone. We now need to do government secrets. Then we also need to, like, she was planning it. I was like, Oh, that's, that phone's not secure. I can't even say the word lucky charms <laughs> into my phone without an app. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Um, I think that's what makes it all the more nefarious um, because it's this like Marvel is, you know, throwing their hat into the good for her genre because um, they did that at the end of WandaVision with uh, mm-hmm. Wanda just walking away, throwing a little hood up and uh, just <laughs> going on to the countryside. Um, and then like for Sharon, the way that she just kind of walks away after getting apologized to back pay her old job back mm-hmm. um, and all of that. And then gets to like do plant like she isn't even like across the street. She barely gets out the door and was <laughs> yeah. like, hey, y'all, I'm in. And <laughs> right. Again, yeah. like I, again, I think this is, of course, unintentionally, but this is where the show excels by showing, like you know, the characters that get to be unassuming or whatever, um, having this type of power that other characters just could never have. Yeah, you know, I would have been nice if they would have made uh, Sharon Carter like just more like really showed her being like this evil entity, but. Also, the same way they they kind of still do that by um, just letting her exist as a white woman. Um, so <laughs> you said it. Yeah. <laughs> I think like a scene without us knowing who she was yet, but seeing the power that the because so far really the power we saw was like you know with like one press of a button she can have all the magic war coming after you. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah, it's scary, but like you know I would have loved to really see the power that the power broker like the full extent of it, I guess, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. before then seeing who it is. I think then she wouldn't have had to, you know, actually be menacing because we would have this sense of power that she has attached now to, you know, an actual face. I think that would have been great, but we really didn't get that. And then it was also a little confused. I mean, I don't know if it was confusing for you guys because like she she had all these goons coming after Zemo and, and Sam and Bucky, but then she was taking them all out. Right. That's weird, right? Right. I think here's the other thing where, like, 
it just comes down to poor storytelling is um, they split the focus from, so you have sort of this one character power broker that you're not investing as much into, um, you know, sort of WandaVision had the one villain, even though we all thought Mephisto was behind the corner. Like there was the one (laughs) villain and then our hero Wanda was, you know, like, you know, that, but like, I feel like in this one you had power broker, but then you had Contessa Valentina who is another sort of power everywhere villainess. She seemed like the power broker. Mm, Right. Up until we got that reveal. And so like, I feel like, the vibe we had with Contessa Valentina was the energy they wanted with the power broker. Like, I feel like they should have at very least had the, had Sharon Carter meet up with Contessa Valentina certain, or like yes. she, as she leaves the hearing and then she runs into JLD and says, all right, great. So plan, plan B is out. We got to go do this and show that she was part of this larger organization. And I said this to you on the phone, Adam, I think they should have held off on that reveal of Sharon Carter till that last final beat. Mm-hmm. I think it should have been, yeah. she gets her, her redemption. She gets her job back, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, okay, cool. She's back in. She's going to be part of the, right. g- the gang. And then we get the reveal of her on the phone being like, ha ha ha. I'm the power broker. Fuck all of you. Right. I think that would have been a way better reveal than like, just kind of like farting it out. Like, yeah. Oh, she's on the phone with back up that now she shot Carly. Because also then there would have been a little bit more mystery of like, she shoots Carly, but maybe you think she was striped. But like, there's no mystery because you know, she's not shooting her to save Sam. Mm-hmm. She's shooting her because like, doesn't want to get like revealed. revealed yeah. It would have been savvier writing. It, it would have um, definitely been the gone girl thing of like, wow, this is someone who is really not telling the truth to anyone. And she's really yeah. white woman tearsing her way through this very cleanly. <laughs> and yeah, that would have been a great, ending that would have been a real gotcha so they 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 finish sam comes in captain america's holding um carly's body we get that very like i i like that like i saw everyone else talking about it and i was like oh of course i made the dare reference i was like oh this is very angels in america and then everyone else is like <laughs> that's not really probably what they were going for but in my brain that's what i immediately thought they were going no, I for did think that. and by the way real quick backtracking i was like i couldn't believe they did the tv thing or the movie thing of Sharon and Carly both get shot in the stomach and one dies right away. And one is just like, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> and the one who dies is a super soldier. Right. Yeah. The super soldier serum, as a kid, I never quite understood like the power levels it gave because I always felt like, I mean, I started reading comics in the 90s, especially in the 90s. Captain America's powers were like all over the place. And I feel like in the movies, it's the same thing because like if these folks are all super soldiers, one, I feel like some of them would have survived that explosion. And two, Carly definitely would have been okay being shot. Like, she might have been hurt because she's younger. Sure, we can make that art. But, like, I don't feel like it would have killed her, right? No. That's why, like, when Sam is like, yeah, now we have a dead teenager. It was like, wait, when did she die? So when they put her on the gurney, they don't throw a sheet over her or any of that. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, she's going to be okay. They'll rehab her or whatever. And then during his speech, he's like, yeah, now she's dead. I'm like, but wait, how? No, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah they kept painting this picture of like carly really just wanting to die like because she was just like all right well even if we die and i was like well no one mentioned that and like she gets shot <laughs> once and she's like oh my god oh my god like she just she wanted out <laughs> but so i want to talk about that speech i understand that it's corny again and i don't love that they did the thing where it's like all of the people he's actually speaking to are like people of color and it's like okay they can't be white i get it you're just like white woman this like anti 
refugee speech. Like it was like not wild. not yeah. a great look, but I did tear up. I when they show Isaiah Bradley, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I'm curious what all of you thought, uh, Stephanie. What do you think? I like. I feel like a bad person because I did not necessarily <laughs> find it touching. It was just very bare minimum, and I get that. I mean, just just focusing story wise and what's going on mm. in the show. I know Sam, like uh, Isaiah, told Sam not to get involved and everything else, but. I don't know. Like, if anything, it broke my heart because this is the best that this man will get yeah. in this universe uh, for the sacrifices that he made. Um, he gets, you know, immortalized in this museum, and like that's that's just it. Um, and there's no way that that even comes close to being any type of, you know, fair. Uh, you know, a reparation or anything for what he had to endure and it still endures. So if anything, it really more so just broke my heart because in just dealing with the, in this universe, um, that's the best that he was going to get. So it just sucked. Um, unfortunately, um, I don't know. This is why I wish the story would have, like the whole series itself would have been more so of a focus on Sam uncovering, uh, the Isaiah Bradley conspiracy and then, you know, throw in some flag smashers, John Walkers, but like that being the, the main plot. Because um, then maybe by the time we get to this this uh, museum reveal, I would feel still heartbroken, but I would care a little more. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's just, I hate it here. <laughs> uh, Ashley, what do you think? So, first off, let me start with this and just make my feelings very clear. I don't think they developed Sam's character well in the beginning of the show, in the mm-hmm. sense of they did a really good job for Bucky. Um, and, you know, they could have done things better even there, but I think they did a much better job for Bucky, especially as we were going into his background in Wakanda and all of that. It was really cool. And then Sam kind of felt like he got left in the margins of his own story. And I say that to say that this is a speech that should have happened a lot earlier in the show. It should have been a beginning that could have then been developed more as the show went on. I hope I'm making sense there. Like, it's not something no, I agree. that should have been thrown in the last 10 minutes of the final episode to make it look like, oh, we're wrapping up the story so well. It's like, no, 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 no. You're literally just starting to get to a problem that we were introduced to earlier in the show. And you just had them leave the, the, the house and never even really talk about it again. And so he needed some guidance. So he went back to Isaiah. You know, he fi- he finally gets his root. I mean, I think when the flags, when they first became familiar with the flag smashers, I think, I think they should have had the Falcon use his power even before he officially took on the cap- Captain America, and maybe John Walker was, was being seen as Captain America. If he had used that power to like go to the senators, go to the people in power, and sit and you know, they would have of course brushed him off. But I think that would have been uh, trying to get their attention before they've been held at gunpoint. It's just, it was, it was just, it, it was a very much too little too late because even though the speech was very, I do, did find the speech heartwarming, but it came to be lackluster because it came in at the last minute. It was, it should have been the beginning of something that should have been developed a lot further. Um, and then even with the Isaiah uh, Bradley story, it's like, that is something you gave us that in the last five minutes of the damn show. And it's like, that was something that should have been dealt with. Oh, I don't realistically see a black superhero who is usually surrounded by, you know, these white superheroes who literally just dealt with a situation where even though he's been putting his life on the line, 
you know, he goes in for a loan and the bank is like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, thank you for all you do. Love the wings, but no, 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 no. Start don't give you a little check. You know, it's like after dealing with all of that, I don't see him then seeing how someone before him was treated so much worse and then just walking away until later on. Like, you know, like that's, yeah, yeah. that's just crazy to me. And it's like that whole, that's not something that should have been introduced episode two, I think, or maybe three. And then we come back to it in the end. Like that's definitely, we. Uh, I think when we were listening to Isaiah's story, we were told that the nurse who helped him had, had signed off on his papers that he passed away. That's the only way that he's been able to live his life is by being seen right. as someone who is dead. We never got to go back to, well, you know, yeah, now people get to know his story because he gets a corner in the museum. That's really for Steve. But like, do we, did, did anyone change that paperwork? You know, like Steph was saying about reparations, like, you know, that he should be taken care of for the rest of his life, for the risk that he, for he, that he took. Yes. Is that something that has been touched on? His, his grandson should be taken care of, like, for what we know so far from, I'm sticking within the MCU about his grandson. Mm. his grandfather is all he has you know so it's like will he be taken care of if something happens to his grandfather after all his grandfather is done the least you can do is give him the comfort of we can never go back in time but we can at least make sure that your your next of kin never has to worry about a damn thing after everything you've done for us like you know there was just nothing literally all we got was these these words that were given at the last minute and then you know he got a a, he should have been given his own damn museum but we got you know this he finally right. got a statue and it's like, it's nice, but it's too little too late. And it's That's not right. nearly enough compared to what I think they should have given us. But it, it's very clear they wanted to put a bow on the racism storyline and act like, you know, to me, like, you know, everything was great. And Solved. it's not. Yeah. If they were trying to, to do this as like intentionally nasty storytelling, then it would be genius. But yeah, it seems dubious. That it was, yeah, because like they did follow this with giving um, Agent Thirteen like the most, <laughs> the most ever, you know. And even I think even the, kind of they left John Walker with a lot. Um, yeah, like he seems fine, like right? They were just like, yeah, well, we have to do this and this and that. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the, you know, it, it was nice, but yeah, well, yeah, what's the statue going to do for his family? So we get the they, they kind of like he gives a speech, then we have like fifteen minutes of kind of wrap up, right? We get the grandpa butler blowing up the super soldiers which i really was like wait who the fuck is that when they cut to him (laughs) i had like no idea who he was but then they you know quickly cut to zemo being happy and then we get uh contessa with john walker and his wife and (laughs) julia louise dreyfus is just she's enjoyable to watch she is i wish we could have gotten her as like the main villain in this show she because given like Karen Walker vibes and yeah. like, and but she, she is like, she's like playfully menacing John Walker's poor wife who just has to sit there and like yeah. get all of this like catty little, did I do that? Like kind of like she, she's, this wife feels like she's going to have like a nervous breakdown. Cause she's like, I can't nervously laugh my way through one more <laughs> ominous. Yeah. <laughs> But I will say, again, I, I said this to you, Adam, but I feel like Julia Louise Dreyfus, she was like, you have me for four hours. That is it. I'm not doing any more. And that's it. So they gave her the same fucking outfit. I feel like they filmed both those scenes in like two hours. Because why the fuck were they meeting at the courthouse where he had his like again. Captain America taken away? And that's where he's getting changed. I was like, what are they doing here? They could at least have changed the camera setup. 
to like right. a different, different direction. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, I love her, and again, she's bringing yeah. like a life force to the show that was not as present in the rest of the show. Um, and and I, I don't know. In general, I tend to like the MCU more when they are leaning a little more into the comic book. Sort of like we're all having a good time here, and then we're going to talk yeah. about some stuff. And um, I do like when she brought that energy. Um, I uh, what I've been hearing is that she's going to be very, very heavily featured going forward. Mm-hmm. I will love it. I will eat that shit up if she is. If she's in the court, she's going to be in the courthouse in like seven movies. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. They filmed her next nine she scenes did. right there and then. They just had the other actors line up. They're like, all right, now you're going to do Thor, Eleven Thunder. Okay, all right. Now let's yeah. do, okay, now we're doing... Yeah. Now you slap Chris Hemsworth in the face. Great, now. <laughs> Quantumania, you're dealing with... Yeah, Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> they just like put a green screen behind her. She's still sitting down. <laughs> but good for her. I can appreciate anyone who is famous enough that they can be like, Eh, I'll do this, but like under my terms at to Marvel, right? Right. Because I'm sure not a lot of people get to do that. Um, so we get that scene. We get I again. I teared up when Bucky goes back to the old man and like tells him what happened. I was like very emotional because I did. While I didn't love those first few episodes, I thought I liked that scene. I liked Bucky and this old man just as like buds going out to like. He's bringing him a dinner. He's grabbing a few drinks with him. The old man's trying to set him up with the the waitress. And like, I liked that dynamic. It reminded me a little bit of like in Jessica Jones, how she's like actually stalking Luke Cage because she killed his wife. Right. And she's, she's, it reminded me a little bit of that and how like Luke Cage is, is like, well, fuck you. We're not talking anymore because you didn't tell me. And, you know, Bucky leaves that man's apartment and I'm sure that man does not want to see him again. But like that was the right thing for him to do. Um, and I don't know. I just I liked that. And I liked Bucky doing that. He leaves the book for his therapist. That I liked because Bucky was very uneven in this show, but I liked that a lot for him. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Um, absolutely. I mean, I like I said before, I think they've done a better job of developing Bucky than yeah, I'll just say it. Like I think I think they did a better job of developing Bucky than they did Sam. Mm-hmm. from start to finish though they did pick it up with sam towards the end i mean like even when we see like because that's a full circle moment of in the beginning of the show we see that he's you know he thinks that he can maybe fulfill you know the, these feelings by going to lunch with him and you know trying to be friends with him but in the end we see like it really comes down to being honest and that might mean that this man never wants to see you again right you know it's as you said it's the right thing to do and that full circle moment that comes down to drawing out a character a lot better than you know, I think the only full circle moment we got with Sam was that he did, you know, keep him and, his, and Sarah kept the boat. And like, that was great. But like, in terms of like, like the character, the actual individual character dynamic, like that really speaking to Bucky's healing of, as someone who was brainwashed is what he did as the Winter Soldier, making peace with it, you know, fully understanding that it's not his fault, that he may want to do these things to still make up for for it. And then it's like, I think there was too many times throughout the show when they tried to use Sam as comic relief for his own show, you know, like the cell phone moment Mm. where it just like, it took away from, it took away from really developing him throughout the show, not just in these one-off episodes where he finally, you know, he gives a speech. Like I felt like we really saw him develop when he had the conversation with Carly, when, you know, when he went in and he sat down, like that's, that's Sam, you know, and that's someone we've seen exactly. Even from, when we saw him in 
the Captain America movies, when we first introduced to him, he's a therapist. He's, he's a counselor. He's, he's sitting, you know, that's who he is as a person. It's not that, mm-hmm. yeah, he can defend himself, but he is the person who thinks, let me understand this person. Is this someone who can be talked to? I think they can be. I think that no one's listening to them. I think that if I do this, it's a way better resolve than, you know, punching through the building. And I like that for a character. Exactly. Like exactly. That. And, but like after that moment, they really fell short of it. And then also it, because, you know, they went the, we're going to try and paint her as a terrorist route with Carly. We really never got to see that really like ever again, like a, a little bit maybe in the final fight where we see he's not fighting her back because he wants to show her that like, I, I, I see what you're trying to do here. I don't agree with your methods, but I'm not going to fight you because of it. But I think it could have been developed so much more. And, and I do think that those dynamics there, like it's, it, it truly just shows how they develop Bucky versus Sam to me. Uh, totally agree. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually was just emotionally invested in Bucky after episode two during the police precinct or whatever and having like a little bit of therapy. And Bucky said to Sam, like when he really gets to the heart of the matter of why he was really upset with Sam giving the shield away is because, you know, Cap gave it to him, you know, Steve's right. So if Steve was wrong about that, then he was wrong about me. And to have him finally kind of tie that up a little bit in episode six, I actually care. I was like, you know, good. I was like, yeah, good, good for, for Bucky. Um, It seems like he took, Sam advice in episode five and I see you know why that advice was important because I got that that development in episode one and two so Mm. um it worked it's just crazy as hell that you know Bucky got that and Sam was kind of like left twisting in the wind because again that's also kind of what makes his speech uh fall a little flat because Mm -hmm. um I'm just not invested in Sam in that way, in the way that I should be. Fair, fair. Um, So I liked that they ended on a nice party at the pier. Like I thought that that was, that's kind of like, I mean, it's cheesy. It is corny again. I, the corny works for me with this stuff. I, I thought it was very sweet and nice just to see them all. It's like a moment of joy. And I really appreciated that getting to see these characters just have fun and have like a nice celebration. We, we see Sam's family again. I, I, I love Bucky walking in like the cool guy with sunglasses, the fucking shop, right? Uh, cake. Um, and him trying to impress Sarah with the kids on his arm. Um, I would have been the nephew who's like clinging to that arm for dear life with his head on it being like, I love this man. <laughs> that would have been me. <laughs> Yeah, what did we think of this end? Because I I really enjoyed it. I I wish it would have been longer, actually. I thought it was cute. And I mean, I I did enjoy it. I mean, I have a heart. So it did (laughs) pull at those strings. It was cute to see Bucky, you know, being the main attraction or whatever. And, uh, you know, the kids on his arm. He's trying to impress Sarah, bringing the store-bought cake. So um, (laughs) it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) um ashley um no definitely i very much related to but that's and i'll probably make this a meme later on because that's what i do but like that's very much me walking into a party with um something i picked up on the way like everyone was in charge (laughs) of something and i was like my friends know to put me in charge of the utensils because like i'm not i'm not cooking (laughs) so if i can't pick it up at walmart i don't know what we're going to (laughs) do But I definitely, I it was it was a good you know it was a good wrap up it was a good ending the heartwarming 
ending that I think most buddy cop sort of shows usually end on unless they're going to do a cliffhanger. And it did still give us a few, you know, cliffhangers with some things that they're clearly going to try to, to dive into in future works. But I think, you know, definitely in terms of Bucky, it made me happy because, you know, in the beginning of the show, we know that he wasn't talking to anyone. When a therapist goes to look at his phone, the only person who was texting is Sam and he's not answering him back. And so it's like, you know, this is, Mm -hmm. of course, unfortunately going back to the fact that Bucky's story was a bit more developed and that we've gone from ignoring Sam's text and wanting to be alone and, you know, hating the world a bit to him coming in with his cake and maybe he has a crush on Sarah and, you know, he usually wears his jacket to hide his arm. And now we see him with his arm fully out and the kids are using it like it's a swing set. Um, I think, you know, that just really shows the growth of like, you know, he, he knows he's not alone. I don't want to go as far as like he may see them as family, but at the very least, he now feels like he has someone that he can reach yeah. out to yeah. because for a very long time, that was only Steve. And it, you know, he did lose the the man who he revealed what he, he who, that when he was the Winter Soldier, he did something to his son, but he has now developed these, this friendship with someone who has always been there. And I think that is going to be extended to future, you know, characters coming in because of development that's happened in the show. I'm I'm a little disappointed with how they develop Sam's character. I mean, I, I think I know I basically tied into this already, but it's like even though I did love the scene, it didn't give me the same fulfillment for Sam. Oddly, even though it was literally his party, because it's just like yeah. it's just like a damn, <laughs> like you know, so much more should happen for you. There's different kind of character arcs. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm in agreement. Yeah, but it definitely seems like Sam's arc as it exists here is not so much an arc as it's like. Because he's still trying to do the same thing. He's still trying to be like, okay, I'm saving my family and I'm doing my hero job. I mean, it was kind of how he started the show, but he was like maybe a little more unsure of himself or like people weren't super believing that he could juggle it. Mm. Um, and they, that seems to be the only thing that's changed for Sam is that like yeah. kind of people are like, yeah, okay, you, you got this. And he's a little more like, okay, I don't, I don't need all these other people to kind of believe I can kind of juggle family and, and, and hero stuff like this. And, and I can do that. But yeah, I definitely, I agree. Like kind of Sam, like I wish that there had been more of like any sort of arc at, at all. It just definitely seemed like he was, he had more of a persistent arc, which is just like, he's fighting to kind of, kind of be more of who he was at the beginning of this. Fair, I mean, yeah, fair. I give that, you know, I don't want to get. I don't want to say it's like, oh, everyone's accepted of a black Captain America because I don't necessarily think that's that's really true. But I do, you know, in terms of seeing Sam as Captain America, I guess I'll give them that. I mean, granted, this is his community, so they've already been, you know, his number one fans more than anyone from the jump. Um, mm-hmm. But just if anything, you know, we now see a group of people who the reception towards John Walker when he became, you know, Captain America, the versus the reception of, of, you know, Sam, which seemed more community oriented um, that, you know, I will, I will give them. And I guess that's just something that um, as I yell into the void, I hope as they continue to move forward, that is something that they do a much bigger and better job at, but it's a good start. It's a very, very good start. It's just so, yeah. What do we think about, so this has been announced post the show, what do we think about this Captain America 4 movie that this same team is going to be tackling again? Like, what do we kind of want to see with that? I mean, I I want them to make, I, I, I mean, I agree with you, Ashley. I want them to make Sam more dynamic. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like they've made like even Bucky wasn't that charismatic, but he was a little bit he got a little bit more depth than it felt like Sam did. And I kind of hope they can at least bring that energy of like depth and charisma to Sam's Captain America movies. Agree. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am kind of wondering what like the larger scope of since it is the same creative team i wonder if we are going to kind of get in a little more into the weeds of like what does yeah. outside of sam's loved ones think of him being captain america like because oh, again we start we i mean yeah i mean we, <laughs> it's gonna be check the rotten tomato score on that but like yeah it's um it's yeah like i wonder like because we we did get with john walker we got that big you know football stadium cnn smiley right. high five and sign my autograph thing mm-hmm. yeah i'm interested to see what kind of where that goes because obviously if it's the same team that's clumsily as maybe they went through it this one that definitely seems to be something they're not going to drop with the with the film but we'll see yeah. maybe run into a contessa a little bit yeah, yeah i think that's really where my mind is i'm curious on who the the villain would be here or if they you know go with the multiple ones um would it be contessa would it be the power broker like we know U.S. agent would would end up popping up here, and so is it going to be? I'm 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 curious about it. I'll I'll just I'll say that much. But I do wish they had made they 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 had done more with Sam's dynamic. Because and well, to be fair, it would be interesting to see you know after it ending what it looked like. So many people being you know his biggest fan. If you know maybe his perception isn't as warm as he thinks it is when Captain America four starts. Um, and this, you know, until they tackle those issues, what happens when people know that U.S. agent exists and the response to that? I don't know, because it really, really could. It could go either way. They, they, they've given us some good material in the show, but they've also dropped the ball. So I don't know completely how to feel about it. I'm very excited for Captain America 4. I want Sam Wilson to have his own film, to have his own movie. Yeah. I think, and I think that really speaks to how the show ended, and that we don't really feel too certain. Like, you know, WandaVision ended, we were like, oh, it's about to be some shit in this Doctor Strange right. 2. And I don't really, it's like, I want the movie. I just, I really don't know what, what, what we're getting yeah. here. I want to see um, our little, our little, our little baby uh, be the new Falcon, which I was hoping to get to see at the end of this episode. Yes, same. Same. I really thought he was going to come out of nowhere and we just didn't yeah. see him the entire episode. And he was just like, yeah. you know, face resting on his two fists, watching the little show with a smile on. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he just loves this so much. And I just, can he just put, put the wings on or something? <laughs> but all right. So we're at the end. I want us to favorite scene from the finale. Stephanie. Ooh. Oh, you know what? I do know what my favorite scene is. Um, and we didn't talk about it, but... Uh, <laughs> John Walker getting uh, jumped. It reminded me <laughs> of the scene from uh, I forgot the name of the Doom. I don't. I think it's the Doom one. I don't know. But anyway, like when Green Lantern tries to punch Darkseid and gets smacked into the wall, and then like the um, Parademons beat the shit out of him, and like it was very <laughs> much that. I I loved it. I rewinded because it was just funny as hell, <laughs> and I loved it. I I want to <laughs> see him. I want if we're gonna go the funny route with him, I want it to be. Every time he gets into a fight, it, it's his ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam, what was your favorite scene? I would say probably, like, I enjoyed a lot of the, um, you know, I did enjoy, um, I did enjoy Sam coordinating with um, 
the the senator who was a pilot of the helicopter. I feel like that was a really like good yeah. marriage of like clever writing and like action execution where those scenes seemed to vibe. That was like one of the few scenes where I wasn't like picking it apart with my mind that I was like flowing with the show. Uh, Ashley, what was your favorite scene? That is exactly my favorite scene as well. <laughs> Just, it, oh my uh, God. Yeah, that is- Same. Uh, I think, you know, it really speaks to him meshing who he was as Falcon into be like, you know, not just I'm Captain America now, what does Steve used to do, but like how he is still yeah. himself and using this new technology that he has, but still, you know, he has his red wing, he has this way of thinking and he has this, you know, this different way of thinking. He has this also his own techniques and his own ways of doing things is what yeah. I love and that he's still Captain America and we're, we're not getting a reiteration of Steve yeah. in which John Walker so desperately basically tried to be. Um, this right. is a complete, this, he is his own person, even though he is taking the mantle. Um, and I love that. Of course, I loved that we had a, a woman of color in, in the, in the helicopter yeah. who had these skills and you wouldn't know that. And she was ready to go. She didn't say a word. She had, she heard him over the speaker. I even loved, you know, he was very much not going to go so hard on the pilot. And then the pilot decided to get, a little gully, as we would say in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, and, you know, Falcon, well, Captain America goes, oh, you are going to deserve this ass whooping. And, <laughs> you know, as he's counting down, he completely throws this man into the <laughs> into the depths of the damn ocean. Yeah. And, you know, the woman's ready to take over and takes over immediately. I think that scene was really beautiful. It was a good yeah. coordination. It was a good, that was a really great way of showing the depth of Sam Wilson as Captain America without having to do yeah. the most, have to make it obvious, have to say a whole speech. You know, I think we've so we've seen who he is outside of the suit, but seeing how he applies that when he is in it has been great. And that was, I don't want to say the only scene, but definitely the best in my opinion of him doing that. It was like, he efficiently like bloodlessly took care of the situation. Cause like, again, they say later, they're like, Hey, we're going to get this dude out of the ocean for you. And he's like, ha great. Right. Like, so like he efficiently kind of just, took care of business and it didn't need to like drop a building on someone and make mm, all this yes. wreckage for people. Like he just didn't yeah. cost the city any money. Didn't wreck anybody's home in the middle. We don't need to do a whole movie <laughs> about this family that got crushed because of his cool thing. He did like he just took care of it. Yeah. I, that was my favorite scene too. I thought it was like a very well done action scene because like you said, Ashley, all the moving parts and they all worked. It didn't feel it didn't feel like we were imitating Captain America. I feel like this is Sam Wilson as Captain America, you know? I don't think Steve would have had the forethought to think about all of that. I mean, he wouldn't have he also wouldn't have had a fancy technology red wing that's not. Yeah, it speaks to his skills specifically. I, I loved it. Yeah. So now we're running a little behind. So quickly, we're gonna grade. What grade do you give it, Ashley? I'm gonna give it a solid B. I'm gonna give it a solid B. Okay. Adam? B, yeah. And since we're since we're doing like a, a retrospective of the show, it's 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 a B. It's a B show. Okay. Um, Stephanie? I'll give it a B. I also give it a B. Now, what grade would you give the series as a whole, Ashley? Okay, I'm gonna have to give the series as a whole a B minus just for the first couple okay. episodes. It it really did okay. a great job towards the end, but I have to can't count that. I discount that. Stephanie? C plus. Adam? I'm going to stick with my B because I, I do think like they inartfully brought up a lot of stuff, but I feel like a lot of this, like, you know, they brought up a lot of like good thought provoking stuff about the blip that I didn't think about and, and that. So I feel like they set up a lot of interesting stuff that I think will 
maybe when we get to the end of phase four, we will look back on this really fondly being like, oh, wow, they set up a lot of really interesting thought-provoking stuff that we now base a lot of other properties off of. Fair. I I, I would love that, actually. Um, C plus is the grade I give the series <laughs> overall, which I think doesn't actually equate to the grades I gave all the episodes, but I think it was a C plus series. Yeah, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. This is our Falcon and Winter Soldier coverage. Uh, if you like the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other corners of the internet. You can find us on all social media platforms at SlayerFestX98. You can help support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon. We get a bunch of bonus episodes per month. You get access to our monthly Zoom call and our private Facebook group and more. And if you want to follow me, I am at Ian X Carlos on social. Ashley, where can everyone find you? Ashley K. Smalls on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also visit brooklynblur.com. And Stephanie, where can everyone find you? Uh, find me at Steph underscore I underscore Will on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to whysteph.com to check out some of the stuff I'm doing. And Adam? You can find me, uh, Adam Sass, on Twitter at the Adam Sass or on Instagram at it's Adam Sass. You can also buy my uh, YA debut novel, Surrender Your Sons, wherever you buy your books. All right. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.